Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Friday. It is a friendly Friday, and it is 2-23. That is February the 23rd. I don't know why somebody sent me a happy 223 day meme and it had a bunch of uh, AR-15, 223 rounds. I guess that's a thing if you're in that sort of if you're in that sort of headspace. If you think that we need to have uh, ammunition days, it's not a bad thing to have. We've got uh, a couple of wonderful people joining me today, two of my favorite people in the world. We've got Steve Friend joining me. We've got Garrett O'Boyle on the phone who's going to be attending CPAC, CPAC today and he's going to be doing a, uh, a panel discussion. We'll talk about that a little bit. A lot going on. A lot going on to talk about. We crammed a whole bunch of stuff in, and uh, we'll see if the technology holds. You never know what happens. But for the 250th episode of The Kyle Serafin Show, which I guess is kind of a mile mark as well. So it all kind of comes together for this Friday. We're pretty excited about it, and I'm uh, excited about having my buddies on to discuss all this stuff. Let's uh, let's start off with the thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote, who sponsored the podcast, and uh, they are going to be the responsible for the first story. I had Catholic Vote President Brian Birch on... The Dinesh D'Souza podcast, which I'll also be doing this afternoon. And uh, we talked about all things Catholic, including the topic that we're going to start the day with. You guys can follow Catholic Vote on social media at Catholic Vote. At Catholic Vote is their handle pretty much everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook, on um, Twitter. And I think they even have one on True Social, but it's not well attended. You guys can follow them there. And then also go to CatholicVote.org and make sure you get yourself the loop. You can go to CatholicVote.org slash loop. Brian said that the other day, and I didn't believe he was correct, but it is. If you go to catholicvote.org slash loop, you can just read the loop. You don't even have to sign up for the email, but you ought to. You ought to get the email, and then you'll uh, be informed every single day with the single best email that we see. Let's go ahead and kick off the Friendly Friday. Let me bring on the real Steve Friend. Here we go, right there. Hey, buddy, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm on the mend as much as I sound like RFK Jr., I told the doc, give me the amoxicillin, give me the prednisone. I've got two kidneys that can be replaced by being on episode 250. That's immortality. <laughs> Did you just say your kidneys could be replaced? That you're willing to just, uh, you're willing to play Russian roulette with your kidneys? Well, I, you know, I also had a really um, important realization. I said, you know, it's, what are you saving it for? Is something we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Like throwing your life down for one of your friends. Um I will be saving it to be 40 years from now feeling like I was all week long, like hacking up a lung. So like, it's actually probably in my benefit to just throw my life in front of a bullet. It would be way less painful. Let's add one more person to this discussion. There he is. Let's add him by phone, Garrett O'Boyle. Garrett, do you have your uh, radio voice on or do you sound like crap like Steve? My radio voice is in full force. Kyle, thanks for having me on today. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> There's something really <laughs> awful about when Garrett puts on a fake voice. It sounds disingenuous, but it also makes me kind of, um, it makes me feel weird. I want, I feel weird for you, Garrett, but I'm glad you're joining us today. Um, are you looking forward to this panel at CPAC? Have they told you that it's going to make a big difference? You're saving America or what's happening out there? Uh, no, they, they haven't gone that far yet, but I am looking forward to it just because, uh, Cash Patel is going to be on it. I got to talk to him a little bit last night, too. And uh, some other people, you know, Joe Hanneman, I know all three of us have talked to him. Yep. Jerry Pern is going to be there, who, for me, that episode that you had with her is 
probably one of the most impactful in a way. Like I had tears in my eyes listening to that episode. So like, I'm looking forward to meeting her and uh, you know, there's going to be some other people there too. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I guess. I'm so far. I'm, I'm happy. I came um, last night. Uh, the Cash Foundation and the Banal Law Group, my wonderful attorneys, uh, had hosted their own little private event, which was right across the street from my hotel. So I the, just was able to walk that right was the over plot there against the putter, was, wasn't it? Indeed, it was the plot against the putter. And uh, so, yeah, that was cool to to get to talk to all of them and uh, be just a, around in person. You know, I don't get to come here very often. The last time when I was talking to my attorneys last night, last time I was here was when I testified. And the time before that was when I was deposed and just like the different mental and emotional uh, positions I've been in the last time, the last few times I've come to the swamp. It's been, I don't know, it's been a little bit of a reflective time too, while I've been here. Fair enough. We're going to give you uh, the grace that you actually have an excitement about being in DC. Steve, you ever have any excitement about going to DC? (laughs) No, it's District One, man. I'm, yeah, I, I just I'm waiting for them to volunteer me as tribute. They will. Yeah, it's coming. All right. Well, let's get started here with some uh, some of the ugly stuff that's going on in the day. We're all going to kind of just uh, tag team on this. Like I said, I like I like having my buddies on and talking about it. Let me throw a, a story up on the screen. This is something I discussed on Dinesh's podcast yesterday with Brian Birch, again the president of Catholic Vote, who's a really neat guy. Um, so here it is. Catholic group demands investigations of trans activists. I know you guys are going to have some thoughts on this for hate crimes against the New York. Cathedral, St. Patrick's, which we've covered on this program. My uh, take on it was sort of like teenagers or children acting out. And uh, but there's an interesting an interesting sort of position that Catholic vote is staked out. It says a pro. This is coming from uh, National Review. It says that a pro Catholic advocacy group is calling on the New York authorities to investigate the transgender activists for alleged hate crimes committed against St. Patrick's Cathedral during a recent funeral service for a trans actor and prostitute. Uh, This person was called Cecilia Gentili. That's a man who uh, identified as a woman and is a transgender activist or was a prostitute and also an actor from Argentina. Go figure. They profane the Holy Cathedral and mock the Catholic religion. And then it says they also saw that there's video footage, which we showed you on the show, about how transgender activists uh, were intentionally using this to deceive. They had basically obtained permission to enter that house of worship And they had done so in order to desecrate a sacred space, mock Catholic faith and morals, and also to outrage the people that actually were there. That makes it a hate crime because under New York law, it is a hate crime to select a victim, at least in part due to religion, among other traits, and then also uh, to use a selected victim for criminal trespass on the basis of religion. So it sounds like it actually meets the, uh, the black letter law of what that looks like. Out of curiosity, what do you think about all that, Steve? Going and what's good for the goose, good for the gander? Alvin Bragg, you think he's going to step up? Oh, I'm all about mutually assured destruction through lawfare. Uh, I, I go for it. Uh, look, you're talking about New York City, which charged a homeless man for a hate crime for defecating on a pride flag. Mm-hmm. So what is good for the goose is good for the gander. I, I want to see them start to actually ask for a, maybe a face act investigation saying that, well, while you were plugging up with your with your trans activism, you were stopping an actual legitimate parishioner from going in there and maybe uh, doing confession. Uh, maybe that's a face act violation and all of you should be uh, up for going to prison for 11 years. Garrett sounds like he's about ready to sputter on this one. What do you got, Garrett? <laughs> Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. That's what I've got. And it's this is just... Uh, another primary example of 
the Christian faith writ large being targeted. And I, I don't care who it's targeted by trans activists, uh, the government, people who tried to claim outlandish things like our country's law wasn't, isn't rooted in, in Levitical law. Like there, there is, it's just an, it's an ongoing assault against the Christian faith. But of course, this is what Satan does. And Satan uses people who are deceived. And some of the most deceived are these LGBTQ plus IA activists, as we saw in the clips you played on the show the other day. I mean, it was abhorrent. It, could you imagine if if they went, well, one, a mosque wouldn't allow this. Oh, right. But if they went to a mosque and did something like that, the outrage, how dare they desecrate the sacred mosque or, you know, fill in whatever other religion that is that is lifted up on a pedestal, but not Christianity, because Christianity, Christians are a bunch of bigots and haters and white supremacists and extremists. That's hot. Well, take. And we've also we, we've also had this uh, this slow creep into our lives where it was expected that if you were a person of faith, you would live out your faith in all aspects of the world. It wasn't just on Sunday at 9 a.m. that you were a Christian. You were a Christian for the entire week. Whatever you did in, if, to earn a living, that was start, still part of your life. And then we had to pair that back and, oh, it's okay what you can believe. As long as it's within the four walls of your church on Sunday morning, you can profess to have those beliefs. But outside of that, you will bake the cake. And now you're not even safe within the four walls on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. You're, they're going to creep in there and then restrict what you can exercise as your belief. And there's no stopping it. You can't negotiate with it. This is feeding the alligator and hoping that it eats you last. There's no one else left. I actually really like the FACE Act violation thing. I think that that may be the next push is to demand some investigations from the federal government. Forget the state government. Let's go full, full, full hog on that and let's go uh, federal government. Let's do a... Um so I have a little clip. I'll play the clip first. And this is a clip from CPAC of all places. So that's where Garrett's going to be later on today. And it, it just shows us, I think, there's a discussion about whether or not we're coming towards a theocracy. And there's, so there's this big this big swing back. The, the political left is screaming about this. This is kind of a funny little montage. You see this on social media right now. Michael Knowles is discussing marriage, which, again, now you have to uh, accept all things are marriage. And he's just saying something that has been basically true for all of human history, including most of our lives uh, until the last 15 minutes or so. So here's Michael Knowles. And then we have sort of a contrast that's fun since everybody thinks that uh, progressives are all on the same page and always have been. They, they immediately forget the past. So let's do Michael Knowles first. They can't really turn a couple of men or a couple of women or three men and a billy goat for that matter into a marriage. That's just not what marriage is. No disrespect is intended to anyone. Some people don't want to get married. Okay, there's no obligation, but marriage has a meaning. Marriage is and always has been the union of a man and a woman ordered toward the procreation and education of children. If you don't like that, don't blame me. <laughs> I didn't set the rules. It wasn't the mean old conservatives who did this. We did not invent marriage. Marriage is a natural institution. It just is what it is. The left will slander us as hateful for observing this fact. Now, I'm not 100% sure that Michael Knowles is right about that uh, marriage has always been a natural fact. I think marriage actually is swimming upstream. That's the reason why Christianity and why Western society is what it is, because we actually came up with the concept of um, you know cultural monogamy and made that a norm. Let's just see if that's something that has been uh, agreed upon by all people for all time. Maybe not just 50 here. And handbasket. We are desperately concerned about the circumstance relating to uh, 
avian flu, we don't have enough vaccines, we don't have enough police officers, and we're going to debate the next three weeks, I'm told, gay marriage, a flag amendment, and God only knows what else. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? And What's the game going on here, uh, Steve Friend? Uh, we just have marriages between a man and a woman. There's no reason to fight about it. Uh, there's no need for a constitutional amendment until that, uh, oh, shoot, the Supreme Court decided it was for everybody, including whatever you decided to be. You know, it, uh, I think Joe Biden kind of gave away the game that both sides like to play uh, when it comes down to uh, election season. And this is something that uh, Orrin Hatch, former senator from Utah, was notorious for, especially when it came to the flag burning. But uh, marriage amendment was the same thing. And it was whenever you wanted to get out the vote and you want to get out the fundraising, you would propose a flag, flag burning amendment and debate it on the Senate floor, knowing that nothing would ever come to pass, but it would just get people like galvanized to go out there and you know wave their hands and, and sing Lee Greenwood, God bless the USA and uh, gin up the, the base and gin up the, the funds to, to go through. And it's just never really been a real issue. These guys don't actually want to take on the issues and settle them once and for all because then once they lose they them as a potential wedge issue to, to bring out the base to vote or to fundraise. That's why I've always said consistently, um, with the exception of some of the few true believers like your AOCs, like your Nancy Pelosi, she's an apparatchik. If you, if you could put Wonder, with, uh, Wonder Woman's lasso of truth around Nancy Pelosi and say, could you get, you could get rid of guns tomorrow, would you do it? She would say, no, I, there's no way. That's I want to be able to campaign every two years on guns. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. Garrett, what do you think? You know, I love this clip of Joe Biden that you played. Th this is as disingenuous as my radio man voice. It, it's, <laughs> this is... <laughs> You know, like these politicians, they're disgusting and it's left and right. It's D and R it's, it's, and he's been in the game for decades and decades and decades. But, but dude, have you ever had a position that you've just stood firm on? I would say the answer is no. And, you know, again, I'll harken back to, to the good word. It, I forget exactly where, but it talks about um, husbands living with your wife in an understanding way. Uh, and showing honor to the woman. And it's like, well, exactly. And then again, in Genesis, it talks about husbands leaving their mother and father and clinging fast to their wife, and the two will become one flesh. Like, yes, it's a man and a woman. Guess what, Joe? You were right when you were an alleged devout Catholic 20 years ago when you made that statement, or 30 maybe by now. Yeah, I um, think alleged is the right answer there, is it not? Um, let me let me throw this on the screen real quick, too. I just want to say thanks to two folks who just joined us as uh, C. Joss and yes. Phil Digi uh, joined as um, monthly sponsors of the of the show. So thanks for joining us, guys, as we do this uh, broadcast on our 250th. Let me do another. Uh, let's do another story here, because this is actually kind of plays into that same sort of uh, mentality. This this pushback in this country. So this is coming from Catholic Votes reporting, of all things. Uh, this is saying a uh, there's a claim of theocracy, a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling that frozen IVF, in vitro fertilization embryos, are human. And so now people are upset about it. I'm muting Garrett because he likes to breathe deeply. Uh, all you guys are getting sick on me. It's pretty funny. All right. So Joe Biden called it an outrage and unacceptable. 
that a state had affirmed the human rights of human embryos that were conceived during uh, IVF. Now a court in, in Alabama put access to some fertility treatments at risk for families who are desperately trying to get pregnant. Many of those families actually fall into these new protected categories of LGBTQIA+, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously, there are some that are not. I understand that, too. So this is kind of a complicated issue. Uh, he claimed that the ruling demonstrated a disregard for the women's ability to make decisions for themselves and their families. Well, I don't know if that's true. Make no mistake, this is a direct result of overturning Roe v. Wade. We're all sort of okay with that idea, I think. At least those of you who watch the show probably are leaning on that. And I also saw Hillary Clinton coming out and saying that a vote for Donald Trump is a vote for a nationwide abortion ban. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's even close to true. However, I'm fully comfortable if that turns out to be the case. That sounds like a great deal. That would be a uh, plus column sort of piece for Donald Trump. Let me uh, throw Steve here on the screen. Steve, thoughts? reflections emotional reactions it's tough it's tough the uh the ivf stuff um i look i i'll say it it's taking it's creating life and putting it in a freezer and freezing it forever mm -hmm. i mean my heart really breaks it, it for for women and families who want nothing more than to be parents uh and to carry your own baby to term i can't imagine not being able to do that if if that's what you're what's your desire and it's your natural desire your biblical desire is um and it's just not in god's plan for you and, and i'm sorry my heart breaks for you on that but that doesn't give you the right to create a life and freeze it forever and then to, because of it opens up the avenue for so many things so many evils that can happen where people are are selecting children based on certain qualities and leaving others to just exist in a state of limbo forever uh, and uh it's there's other ways you you're called to to be a mom or a dad in some way um it, it, you you have to look at there's 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 adoption there's there's fostering there's there's so many other things that you can look to um and and to me the the worst thing is when you hear about these parents who through vanity only will use in vitro and then rent a uterus from a third party yes. because the woman doesn't want to give up her body um and uh, that that's just wrong. That's just out of step with what uh, what what the the good Lord intends for us. Garrett, same take, different take. Yeah, for sure. The Lord opens and closes the womb, and when you get in, I mean, this is like a this is like a science fiction, like the beginning of a science fiction like horror story where you're freezing embryos, and and also it actually reminds me too of even like the Nazi eugenics program. Like that's how these type of things start and go. You you want to create and freeze these things and then who knows what that what 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 pandora's box you're opening with with quote-unquote research and uh you know trying to pick certain characteristics out of the genome and, and get it and and make like a perfect like it's just it's uh it's it's anti god's law it's anti-creation do you guys remember the movie gattaca did you ever see that Yes. Oh yeah, love right? it. Great movie. And, One of my favorites. And and honestly, like even though uh, Hollywood is sort of antithetical to all Christian sort of positions, isn't it amazing to me that like that position was essentially that this guy had he he was rejected by genetics, and he just through force yep. of will and through the abilities that were given to him that are not obvious because of genetic code because we don't actually understand it even that well and even the people in that movie despite the fact that they could pick up everything and they could design everything like he'd managed to overcome the genetics and all the whatever the anomalies were all the screening processes and fool them 
and uh, and just through right. sheer force of will, which is sort of a, like that gift from God that human beings sometimes overcome well beyond their capabilities or what any of the programming would say. I think yeah, it's, like it's analogous. For me, oh, go ahead. Right, it, it, to me, it's analogous, and, and they may seem kind of unrelated, but you know, if you were a sports fan, there's a push to perfect sports now with instant replay. We have to get everything right, and, and we have to get it down to the microsecond, and we're zooming in to make sure that the guy's one toe touched the line properly. Right. And it takes away from the genuine beauty of um, – it's just, it's like jazz, right? It's there, there's, there's error. Not everything has to be perfect. And according to plan, the human error is the beauty of the sport. And yeah, the, fact the refs that are part of the game, structure right? and say, well, I want to have a son before I have a daughter. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it this way. That's, that's not beautiful. That's just making it a scientific process. Garrett, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say about Gattaca. One of the reasons that stands out so much to me and I saw it, I don't know, as a teenager, maybe, I have flat feet, I have asthma, I grew up doing four nebulizer treatments a day, but those helped me to a point where like I could still participate in sports and like I really liked playing sports as a kid. And then, you know, fast forward to now, well, I guess I'm a suspendable now, which is probably the uh, pinnacle of of my achievement, to be honest. It's a very selective group, as you guys know, but uh, we kind of self-select. But, you know, look at the things, Army, um, police, FBI, FBI SWAT with flat feet, asthma, and even like a, a tinge of, 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 you know, my genes being geared towards being overweight. Like it's, it's God made us all in his image, but we live in a fallen world. So we all have unique qualities and characteristics that he has molded for a particular purpose. And that's like the most beautiful thing about life is, is our flaws, our errors that, come together and help make us who we are. Mm -hmm. It's all true. Let me do a uh, sponsor read to one of my friends over at Patriot Cooler since I'm, I'm fueling up in the uh, in the interim here. Folks, if you guys want to support the program and if you're uh, interested in upgrading your Tumblrware, go ahead and check out Patriot Coolers. Again, patriotcoolers.com is the website, patriotcoolers.com. The promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, will save you 10%. If you spend 50 bucks or more, you'll get free shipping. This one is the 16 ounce, which actually has this lovely box. I actually, I held on to the box just telling you, look at it. Even the color scheme goes with what we got going on here. It's a cool looking American flag box. We have a beautiful looking piece of equipment here with 50 stars on the bottom. If I turned it over, I would end up pouring coffee all over myself. But I highly recommend if you guys are in the market, buy one for you, buy one for someone you love. Go to patriotcoolers.com. And then, uh, you know, we're coming into the camping season. It's about to get nice out in some areas. Texas is already coming into the summer. It was like 80 degrees yesterday. So it is cooler weather. It is, you know, rafting. It is lake time. It is fishing. It is outdoor stuff. If you guys want to look into their hard-sided, they make a product that is comparable, if not better, than the Yetis and uh, the other sort of rotomolded coolers. Check out PatriotCoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle when you do so at checkout and save that 10% and let them know that we sent you over there. Um... Guys, Garrett, this is kind of a fun little thing that is going on. You mentioned the suspendables being the apex of what it is. Can I can I share a story that that kind of came into me last night with you guys? Of course. <laughs> so one Send of my buddies, one of my buddies, two things. One of my buddies told me that they're possibly going to getting getting a gay agent on their squad, so everybody is having to take mandatory sensitivity training before the gay agent shows up. And now, just think about equity. 
Think about um, an equal footing. And how many of you guys would feel good about knowing that you were going to a squad that had like one or two gay guys and they were forced to listen to, uh, you know, uh, an acceptance of Christian, Catholic, (laughs) traditional marriage ideas? Like, what are the odds that that would be the case? That's never the case. And then the second thing is I found out, and maybe the funniest piece of all this, I found out that one of my friends was involved in an Office of General Counsel whistleblower training. And the attorney that was giving the briefing offhandedly mentioned, some of you have probably seen this group in the news called the Suspendables, and then visibly rolled her eyes with an audible sigh. It was just a throwaway. But uh, what's funnier than knowing that the FBI Office of General Counsel, the OGC folks, are dealing with like some heartache from us? I'll let you go first, Garrett, and then we'll come back over to Steve. (laughs) Yeah, they love to hate us, you know, and it just it's funny to me because it's like, they took the same oath you and I took to uphold and protect the constitution. And then and this person's an attorney. Okay. So you would, I'm imagining she's an attorney if she's working for OGC, but you would imagine that they would have paid attention and all those constitutional law classes that they took, you know, maybe paid attention to when they learned about the first amendment and the fourth amendment and, and, and think, you know, instead of rolling my eyes at the suspendables, how much do I really know? about what they did, why they did it. And am I taking an objective look at the agency I work for and an objective look at the oath that I made to this country and its constitution? And am I actually upholding those things? Or are there some things that are truly off the rails here? Or am I like, I don't know, 99.7% of other FBI employees who just well, I'm doing good work over here and I'm doing my piece. And so, you know, I can't really get involved, even though I do see and know all the same things that you guys talk about and all the same things that you brought forward to Congress and were supposed to be protected for. But then you were made examples out of. I know those things are happening, but, oh, I'll just roll my eyes at the suspendables. I'm, I'm going to tag. I'll uh, never be one. I'm going to tag the FBI uh, on tag. this podcast. All right. I'm going to let Steve go ahead and respond to it because he's grinning. Oh, I love this. This is great. You know, when I transferred, I, I bet you had sort of a similar experience, Kyle. Um, I didn't want anything being sent over about where my, you know, what I'd done before to my new office. I, I was like, hey, I want to come in like I'm a new guy. I'm just going to be part of the team. I don't need to have a reputation or anything. And this is the exact opposite. This would be like saying, hey, um, I'm coming in three weeks. I need all your people to read True Blue so you know what I'm all about. read my book and like and then coming in and not and not expecting everyone in that office to completely resent you as an a-hole like that's exactly what they set up that dynamic for one of my best buddies the guy who uh who actually told me about this potentially gay employee jumping into their their squad he there's a famous story amongst our little friend group where he was working out of an office and some new a-hole showed up exactly like you said. And the first thing that guy did is before anyone ever saw him, he got into the office early. He got access to it. He was a senior-ish agent, you know, like 10, 12, 13 years, something like that. And he came in and he set up the I love you wall, I love me wall. So it had his director's awards and it had his like, you know, thanks from the local PD, come, you know, come commitments or whatever. And so he had all these little things set up. He put them all up there on the wall and it was all this shit like all over his thing, basically filling up government space with storing his own little like award rack. And my buddy came 
came in and my buddy had like a couple of little things that were up on there that had his name on him. And he said the first thing he did is he saw the guy's cubicle set up, which was like across from his so they could look into each other's cubicle. And he opened up a drawer and he swept all of his personal shit off the desk. And there was nothing on the desk anymore except his keyboard and some paperwork that he had to work on. Because he's like, look, if that guy is that, I want to be whatever the opposite of that looks like. And true to form, that guy had a uh, PhD, I think, in leadership which is a thing in this sad country we live in, doesn't know anything about actually leading. I'm sure Garrett and I could talk about that long form with military, so on. But yeah, just classic sort of, just screw these people, man. But everybody wants to, everyone wants to be special. Everybody wants to be unique. I, I love though that she knows the term suspendables. It has That's staying power. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's in their head right now. It's not, it's more than just Agent Sarah Pin. It's the suspendables is a brand that's obviously talked about within the the halls of the of the J. Edgar Hoover building as something that they need to, I don't know, address or mitigate or push back on in some way, which is just ultimate because it is a complete joke that we just said, we have an interesting set of skills. Who's going to be sliced alone? Who's going to be Mickey Rourke? Right. And we'll call ourselves the suspendables. <laughs> Somebody should be Jet Li. Yes. Uh, whoever, whoever the smallest person is, which is probably George. He's the most Asian or looking of all. Can I us. be Jet Li just, just to be ironic? Just to be ironic. But, uh, no, you cannot. You're Dolph yeah. Lundgren. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> he's he's um, a crank this is, this is <laughs> Last night at the the plot for the plot against the putter thing, uh, I was I was wearing one of the lapel pins and there were a couple people who were like, Oh, Hey, what's that? You know? And one time cash was like, that's the suspendables. And then another time, Jesse Benal, one of my attorneys, he, somebody else asked and he's like, that's the suspendables pin. You know? And I gave, I gave some of my attorneys a pin. They're grateful. Jesse has something for the, I think for Trump campaign today. He's like, I'm wearing it. And I was like, all right, just make sure it's Eagle down. Eagle but, down. um, it's, so um, it, I told them the origin story too. And I, I was and I was like, yeah, Alan Fuhrer put it in the paper record, and so here we are. We took it and ran with it as as we should have, you know. Yeah, they get no choice. Look, you you ordained your enemies. Uh, we're not a big enemy, but uh, we for folks to understand too. One of the things that we negotiated when we first started this um, this emblem, we were going to replace the eagle in the badge, so it was going to be a badge right side up, but it was going to be an eagle with a mosquito on top of it because the mosquito will never kill you. But man. Does anybody like their life when they're surrounded by like a swarm of mosquitoes that are constantly biting at you in places that you didn't expect and they fly off before you can do anything and then you're just itchy? Like mosquitoes are the worst. That's what the F that's what the FBI has. We are the mosquito <laughs> that consistently buzzes around and sticks our little sticks our little uh, um, blood sucker in and, and draw just a tiny amount of blood, just enough to make them know we're there. And then we fly off while they smack themselves in the face and they hurt themselves by trying to attack us, which was Steve's metaphor. In any case, good times. Uh, some of you guys are asking. They may have. They may have suspendable induced malaria at this point That's from correct. all the little bites. <laughs> yes, it's it's uh, hideous. So listen to this. Um, we've got uh, somebody in the chat asking where they can get it. So let me just do this real read real quick here. You guys, uh, anybody who's curious if you can get these suspendables pins, you can. You can get three of them for uh, 30 bucks from, from the website. It's the O'Boyle Family Sweatshop website. It's the-suspendables.com. Again, the-suspendables.com. And if you use the promo code Kyle, you'll save a couple of bucks on there. Uh, the bucks come directly out of Garrett's pocket, but he's happy to uh, to accommodate. Again, it's the-suspendables is the website. And if you're 
you're interested in that sort of a thing, you guys can uh, join us. You can also get cool things like this. Look at this. I'll have to change back up here, but I've got a shirt that's showing my badge. This is the black on black. I've got the PT shirt on right now, Garrett, with the uh, suspendables all black in the back. Anyway, a couple of cool different shirt options. If you guys want to support the suspendables, you want to support the O'Boyle family, go ahead and do that. There's no money in it. This is our free ad read that we do because he's my buddy because, uh, look, he showed up on my friendly Friday. Um, I want to do a couple more stories. Let's 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 keep pushing through these. I got a couple of fun ones, and also if I don't give news as well as and commentary as well as like the the social aspect of this, I get I hear about it from my mother. I don't know if you guys have this situation, but my mom will tell me she doesn't know what's going on in the world. She doesn't get the loop apparently, or if she does, she didn't read it. Look at this one. This is a good one from CBS. Sorry, this is from Daily Wire talking about CBS. Uh, Daily Wire reporter Ryan Saavedra says CBS received confidential files from fired. Reporter. This was the uh, the woman whose name is Catherine uh, Herridge, and I guess they went through her personal stuff. They decided that they were going to grab all of her personal and confidential source stuff, all of her information that she was working on. They seized her computers, her files, her records, according to Jonathan Turley. Sounds like she did not like that very much. The position of CBS has alarmed many, including a union. I guess there's an entire union of reporters and free speech type folks that are interested. You know, good good for these folks because some of them actually have stepped up, even for people like James O'Keefe, if they didn't agree with him. They still knew that he had a right to do what he did. It's one of the reasons why the suspendables are who we are because we've, we've also sort of championed this sort of whistleblower type activity. Um, they said an attack on the free press is attack on the principles of one of our most esteemed organizations. I don't know if that's true or not, but what I would say is, is that if you attack the press, it puts us in a really bad space as a country because we don't have anybody that can hold them accountable. Um, Turley said, I've spoken confidentially with current and former CBS employees who stated they could not recall the time the company had ever taken such a step. And uh, it, it marks an unprecedented sort of dangerous escalation. New York Post saying the same thing saying that the company was run by stupid people who don't understand the ramifications of their actions. Uh, Steve Friend, your thoughts on that? I know you had some pretty good interactions with with uh, Cheryl Atkinson, who had also negative interactions with her own company and, and uh, some of this, what do you call it, invasion? It's such a weird dynamic that exists because they're an employee of the, the news agency, mm -hmm. um, but your sources are your own. It's not like they're proprietary to CBS or CNN. Uh, it's not like they they have control over whether or not to run your story, but they can't demand to know your sources. Those that that relationship there is kind of a like a sacrosanct relationship that you need to maintain to maintain your journalistic ethics. And it seems to me that they uh, they were going to have to go through some cutbacks, whether or not Catherine Herridge was already in them or not. Uh, they threw her in, and then after she was out, they had access to her stuff and were able to spike stories and potentially expose um, these sources and, and put them at risk. Now, we're back to the same thing, too, with what Jonathan Turley is talking about, that that you and Garrett and I have been complaining about within our, our, our ex-girlfriend, and that is these anonymous people on the inside expressing concerns. They've gone too far this time. Well, where are you? Where are you stepping up? So Why aren't true. you calling out CBS? N no, well, I've got bills to pay. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, and additionally... Like, you know, she she was famous because she refused to give up sources. A federal judge was ordering it and ended up charging her $5,000 a day in fines or at least uh, threatened that and the possibility of contempt of court and going to jail. And she just refused to do the source because that's the ethical thing that you're supposed to do when you make that agreement with someone. That's how you maintain source relationships. It's kind of interesting because some source relationship stuff is in the uh, it's in the press right now about the FBI. But w when you look at what our journalists used to do, there used to be a thing called journalistic ethics, and they used to actually try to abide by them. Garrett, do you have any thoughts on this thing, the sort of betrayal yeah. on that? <laughs> I'd, yeah, Catherine Herridge. 
Catherine Herod, she has those ethics. She, she's someone I've, I've been not necessarily following, but she used to appear on a, on a talk radio show. I used to listen to a lot. And like, so I've, I've been aware of her for at least 15 years, probably. Mm-hmm. And she's really good at what she does. She's, she's really sharp, has high intellect. And like Steve was talking about, well, and you with it, with this judge, even refusing, because that is the right thing to do. You do not give up your sources, and that's the deal you make. And we all know this to a degree with with handling sources in the FBI. Uh, I, I just was I don't I forget where I saw this or who I was talking to, but there there are times where uh, AUSAs are asking FBI agents, "Who's your source?" And the the agent will refuse. And sometimes that means then the the case doesn't get taken. But it is. It is imperative when you, it, it's a two-way street. And Catherine knows that, we know that, people should know that. It's just a relationship type of thing. And what makes this even more insidious is the other day when this first, when the story first came to light before uh, Turley's uh, tweet thread yesterday, uh, they were saying, CBS was was using the the, the fake, oh, well, we're, we actually are laying off a bunch of employees. They use, it's just like us. They use, um, you know, nonsense reasons. There's, well, we didn't suspend you for being a whistleblower. We suspended you for shooting in the desert. We suspended you for someone making an allegation that you leaked to the media. We suspended you for downloading an unclassified employee manual, <laughs> not for whistleblowing. And it's the same with Catherine. Oh, well, we're actually doing, we're doing layoffs. And then they come in, they come in and they seize all of her information. It's, it's repulsive. You and it's, know- it's antithetical too. To, to the First Amendment and what a, a place like CBS has done for 50, 100 years. Yeah, the free press. Listen, Garrett, you should know this because one of the people that was talking about that specifically is uh, Bill Shipley. He was doing a whole thread about not knowing about any times that he could think of. He was referring to the um, to the Alexander Smirnoff is- issue, but he said he couldn't yeah, remember. That's what a time. it was. Yeah. He, he couldn't remember a time when people, and that there are instances when AUSAs, in fact, do not get information. And of course, the case doesn't go forward. So since you're going to be on a panel with him, you might want to. You'll you'll know that now, and we'll uh, brush up on it. Let's keep pushing forward. Um, let's push on to yet another. Go ahead. What do you got? Nothing. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Garrett on mute while he coughs at us. All right. Um, so we got another quick story here. This is kind of a fun one. I think this is an ethical issue, and it also discusses sort of the the special counsel report that just came out. The 25th Amendment push intensifies. This is coming from. The Daily Signal out of the Heritage Foundation, who will also be there at CPAC, I'm sure. Uh, The special counsel issued a report earlier finding that uh, Joe Biden actually did willfully retain and disclose classified materials, but recommended against prosecution simply because Joe Biden has diminished faculties due to his advancing age and a sympathetic demeanor. He is an elderly man with a poor memory, and so we can't prosecute him. So there's a, an ongoing push, including from guys like Senator Mike Lee, which I'm a big fan of Mike Lee. Actually, everything I've seen Mike Lee do seems pretty good. But there, the discussion is either you are unfit to be president and should be removed, and therefore you can't be prosecuted either because you're too old and you're too confused, or, and I think this, this double-edged sword has come up a couple times, or... We're in a world where you are still the president. We are going to admit that you're okay to do it, which some of us probably would disagree with. But if you are okay to do it, you're also okay to stand and be prosecuted. Steve, what do you think? You've, you've had some declinations in your day from uh, AUSAs. What do you think about this sort of estimation of mental faculties playing in? Um, I mean, I, I just look at how he presents himself and the way that they have to structure his day where he's done everything early in the morning and that's 
inconsistent with somebody who's suffering from significant mental decline from some sort of dementia. And they put a lid on it at like 11 a.m. And he's never seen again, uh, which is why when this whole uh, report was released uh, and then they, they send him out that night, but it was, he was like nine hours past his bedtime and they couldn't possibly dope him up with enough, I don't know, testosterone and meth to, uh, to address that hostile for the first time in a while, a hostile press corps. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, he looked scared. I mean, he was completely taken apart. And I, I just have been consistently been saying they wanted him to, to be there. They, they liked him being in his decline. They could operate with him consistently, but I think he's now taking a precipitous decline to the point where they can't use him as a puppet anymore and they need to edge him out. So they're going to turn, ratchet up the heat as much as they can. And ultimately, the person who decides what's going to be is going to be Jill. When that the sad? heat gets yeah. hot enough for Jill, she's the worst person in America. She's, the white, she's a white liberal woman, the worst person in America, <laughs> and she wants to be Flotus. And uh, when, when he gets when up she's done, she's for her, done. Yeah. That, that's going to be the deciding moment. I'll give Garrett a last word, and then we're going to go to uh, talk about a sponsor real quick, and we'll come back in with some other ideas. This is kind of the, uh, the, the backswing of it. Go ahead, Garrett, if you got any thoughts. Yeah, all, all I've got to add is just look, watch for him being, being puppeted out there at night more. I, th I think that's what they're going to do to try to use – the 25th amendment and, and edge him out more just to show how um, incompetent and, he is after like the sundowners yeah, kick in. Okay. For sure. For sure. Yep. That's, that's what I think. I mean, that's fair. We'll right. see, I guess. Let me, uh, let me say thanks to my buddies over at uh, contingency folks. This is my, Newest sponsor, but also a really exciting opportunity for you guys. Uh, it's contingencymedical.com. We live in a strange world where you may want to take control of your own health. I know I did. That's why we had a baby at our house and we didn't have a doctor. We have a six-month-old. Uh, in two days, she'll be six months, and uh, she's never seen a physician, not once. And part of it is because we do stuff on our own. Contingencymedical.com. Again, contingencymedical.com, all spelled out with the promo code Kyle, just like always, is the way that you can do that for your own health. Sounds like Steve Friend would have benefited from it. He could have just taken amoxicillin directly out of his own pouch. It's a real... It's a real prescription from a real doctor that really has a license in your real state where you really live. Do you like how we just worked all those reallys in? No, it's, it's all on the up and up. It's all legit. What it gives you an opportunity to do, though, is have access to your own pharmacy in your pocket or in your pouch that you can travel with, that you can hold on to. Garrett even told me he's thinking about coming down with some sort of sickness, probably because he's near the swamp. And the opportunity is, is that you don't have to wait or go to an urgent care in a place where you are not familiar with. You guys have the ability to prepare in advance so you can prepare or not repair. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to do that. At, and you can do so at contingencymedical.com. Use the promo code Kyle at checkout. Saves you like 10 bucks on there. But more importantly, for about $300, you get a physician visit, you get a year's worth of telehealth, be able to check in and ask questions through their private chat messaging. And uh, they evaluate your medical history and they will send you legit prescriptions that you're not going to get busted with. You travel through because you actually have paperwork. It actually got your name on it. Uh, really cool opportunity. And like I said, I, it's a sponsorship that I'm excited about having on. Um, let's do another one of the things. So there's this kind of weird move. I've got a couple of videos here and I don't know how much they matter. In fact, I might even skip the ones. Let me just show, um, more, you talked about liberal women being the worst people in America. I have one of them. It's actually, she's the worst of the worst. She is the worst liberal woman in America. And so I don't understand how people watch this, but I want to just show the striking contrast for the people that are watching the visual. We'll describe it in one second. This is a description of how, uh, you know, Joe Biden might be old and falling apart and mentally de declining, but, you know, Donald Trump can't raise money. He doesn't raise as much money as he did previously. Meanwhile, they just approved his merger of True Social and looks like he's going to benefit to the tune of like $4 billion in his net worth. So that's kind of wild. Here's a... Uh, 
Yeah, uh, I don't even need to introduce her, do I? I think he's running out of cash, or maybe people don't want to give him money. Like, well, ooh, who would want to get it, involved it, it's with this? interesting. There was a Financial Times story yesterday that showed that Donald Trump's, the number of contributors yeah. have dropped $200,000. If you look at this point in the cycle four years ago with where he is right now, he has lost already 200000 Donors. Why do you think do you think they don't want to pay his legal bills? They don't trust that he won't use the money for his legal bills. Well, they, they there's I, a lot of legal bills. I, I think there's I, th- I, I, I think there is the understanding that if they're giving him money, they're not giving him money to, to help whatever he says, help mm-hmm. make America great. great. These are the smartest people uh, that MSNBC can field every morning. Um, you notice they both have Donald Trump hair. I want to give Garrett first word on this one. That's Mika Brzezinski and uh, Morning Joe yeah. Scarborough. Like just two of the worst. I, I Mika, can't believe- yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Mika. Mika and Joe, they're they're unbearable, man. Like who watches the, the? They how do they still have jobs? They are the worst. They're horrible at what they do. I'm sure most of the time they're reading off a teleprompter, but right there you could tell that Joe wasn't. And it's just that, awful. That, 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 yeah, he just stalled out for a few seconds there. He had a Joe Biden moment. Yeah, and the uh, the Trump derangement syndrome. Like, okay, 200,000, okay, whatever. Well, part of that is is the wonderful economy we're amidst right now, I'm sure. But people still love Trump. And I think more and more people, if they don't love him, they at least are starting to see, like, what's happening and they're like well this isn't good for america this i thought america wasn't doing these things where they legally persecute their political enemies that's not good and i think that's going to draw a lot of voters towards trump and then just look at what's happening with the the rnc and how i mean what was it a week or so ago nikki haley didn't get one uh elector in nevada like yeah she and then lost she's to, like well i didn't she even lost try to none of these <laughs> in her right. own, it's a, it's in a, her it's own a, meaningless It's poll. pathetic. And so Trump, you know, love him or hate him, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the nominee. Like it would it would be something oh, yeah. drastic at this point that would derail him and it'll be interesting to see what happens in South Carolina where, you know, home turf for Nikki Haley and I'm not holding my breath for her there. I don't think she's going to win. I don't either. Go ahead. What do you got, Steve? I, the the dynamic of them together it actually reminds me of that video from Iowa a few weeks back before the caucus of the wife who was all in for Nikki Haley and the husband that was just kind of like we'll I want peace happens. in my house and he's like yep we'll see and didn't want to really take a strong position and I could see that Joe Scarborough is not the sharpest tool in the shed but he does know how to be a broadcaster better than Mika and when Mika says legal bills and legal bills and legal bills and legal bills and he you can sell like he's like please stop saying the exact same phrase all over again this is terrible tv do you know what they and remind that's me why of? he kind of glitched out <laughs> they remind me of saturday night live and they remind me of saturday night live where chris farley played the wife and adam sandler played the old woman and they went through the zagat guide like that's what they remind me of like two but but that was comedy and that was actually funny because you were like ah oh, that's a terrible old couple they're just a couple years shy of being the old people from that SNL skit which was quite famous at the time 
And the virtual background, too, is just inferior. How is that national television? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> They're running out of money. They need they need more Trump in their life, actually. Uh, one of the interesting things you talked about uh, going after uh, political opponents, Garrett, and, and there actually is kind of this weird cult of Navalny that's been developing. And I, I saved a video on it because I saw it the other day. I almost played it on the show the other day. I want to play this little clip here as they just sort of, one again, they got to demonize uh, Trump. They have to celebrate this guy. And, uh, and then apparently Russia, Russia, Russia is just... That's all they're going to keep playing. And it'll be interesting to see how they respond to this kind of stuff when you're at CPAC in the next, uh, I guess, what, 12 hours. But let's listen to this real quick. As the United States and global pressure mounts on Vladimir Putin for the imprisonment and death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny, and some Republicans are facing blowback for defending Putin and touting his government, as all that's happening, and MAGA favorite Tucker Carlson, of course, faces his own outrage over that controversial interview, tonight there is now damning new evidence on how Putin's spies are trying to infiltrate American politics again, and specifically using spies and lies to align with some Republican efforts to damage President Biden. Now, if this plot sounds familiar, it's because Russia operates ongoing plots like this. Many countries do, but one difference, which I'm going to get into in our top story right now, is how warm a reception Putin keeps getting from some American politicians on the right. Anyway, that goes on for a little bit. I want to just also show you my other favorite thing, which is yet another of this. Uh, that, that network, that was actually the best guy on the entire network. Here's a, uh, a little taste of the worst. Worse than Mika, I think, and worse than Scarborough. This is uh, Joy Reid, y'all. And um, she also has Trump hair, if you'll notice. Like, that's the most striking thing about this woman. She has done cultural appropriation, and she's stolen the Trump hairstyle. Let's just give her a second. When there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during this next 12 months because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. The one president, I just don't want to be Herbert Hoover. Okay, okay, that was Donald Trump actively rooting against the well-being of this country and the American people, saying he hopes the economy crashes this year because he, quote, doesn't want to be Herbert Hoover. Well, Trump got his wish. A new poll out today shows that he is not Herbert Hoover. He's actually way, way worse. The poll of historians and scholars ranks every president in U.S. history from best to worst. And while Herbert Hoover received the 36th spot, Trump is ranked dead last at 45. Behind the likes of Richard Nixon, Franklin Pierce, even William Henry Harrison, who died 31 days after taking office. Joining me now is NBC News presidential historian Michael Beschloss. <laughs> Michael, you got to be pretty terrible to be ranked below James Buchanan, uh, Civil War failure, uh, pre-Civil War failure, and a guy who only lived for 31 days. I don't even hear what he has to say. Um, we're just cutting away from that. We're coming back to Steve because Steve is more interesting. And so is Garrett. Let me just say something that's quite funny to me about it is that the people they polled were all academics. They were all, quote unquote, historians. And yet they came directly out of that. So that has a poll of what value? It certainly wasn't like the poll of like what Americans think, the people who actually vote. But anyway, carry on. What do you got? Oh, you got to see the top of that poll. Who are their top five presidents? Uh, let me let me go out of the limb here. Let me see. Uh, FDR. It'll be uh, LBJ. Obama. Uh, Obama. They might even say Woodrow Wilson. I mean, that's tough because he's got a lot of racism issues that have recently They emerged, love Woodrow they Wilson, though. Say. Yeah. And then they got throwing the token Republican that's going to be like the most liberal Republican they could possibly come up with, uh, like Gerald Ford. And, uh, and, and that would be it. So yeah, it's always an academic poll, um, and I'm I'm you know what I I will not stand it anymore. William Henry Harrison was our second best president in the history of the country. George Washington's the best. 
because if he doesn't do a good job, the country doesn't exist. Yep. And William Henry Harrison didn't screw up a single time in office. No. He never messed up a single thing. Completely scandal free. <laughs> Zero scandals. What do you got, Garrett? <laughs> well, this just made me think of the quote unquote fact checkers. Like that that's who answered this poll. Is the same people who do the fact checking on Instagram. That's why Donald Trump is ranked last. It's because all the people they pulled hate him. And every time you click on the fact checker link, it goes to Snopes. And it's not like a legitimate, objective fact check. It's just fake, nonsense BS. So people like Joy Reid can go and spout for six minutes to get through the segment. But she does have Donald Trump hair. We cannot deny it. We cannot and we should not. And I don't want to. Let me um, let me talk about something that I think both you guys have a, a, an instinct about. There's a group that's called the Rise Against Movement, and there's a, a recent ruling that just happened. It was kind of unprecedented. I'm gonna um, do a little read about from the from the stories here. This is from the Los Angeles Times, y'all, and uh, this is saying that a judge cleared charges against an alleged white supremacist group, or there's some problems with the white supremacist part of it, um, only because. I have some personal knowledge from working cases about this. It says there's a bias against the far right. And so an Orange County federal judge dismissed criminal charges for the second time in five years against accused members of this California white supremacist racist group, uh, which is known as the Rise Against Movement. The district judge, his name is Cormac Carney, per Bill Shipley, who uh, Garrett's going to be hanging out with later this week. Uh, later today, rather, I guess he's legendary. They dismissed charges against a guy named Robert Rundo, who was extradited from Romania. He ran from the United States. Another guy whose name is Robert Bowman. The two were in charge with conspiracy to violate the anti-riot act and rioting. They are alleged to be founding members of this group called the Rise Again Movement, or RAM, a white supremacist group that, according to the federal indictment, touts itself as a combat-ready militant group of new nationalist white supremacy and identity. Uh, they are supposedly members of this group and or founders of the group, and they took the defendant's motion to dismiss, agreeing that they were selectively prosecuted, while far-left extremist groups such as Antifa were not. Prosecuting only members of the far-right group and ignoring members of the far-left group leads to the troubling conclusion that the government believes it's permissible to physically assault and injure Donald Trump supporters to silence speech. Whoa! That's going to be interesting today at CPAC to think about that. Maybe that'll come up as part of the, uh, the discussion you guys have. The second thing is that the circuit court blocked the judge's decision. This is the Ninth Circuit decided they were going to block this judge's decision after they'd already released these guys from prison. So Rondo was actually let out, released from prison the day before on Wednesday. And then yesterday, in an emergency temporary stay of that issue, uh, they, they said, no, unfortunately, he has to be taken back into custody. The United States attorney confirmed that Thursday night he'd been taken back into custody. So he was let out of jail and then 24 hours later pulled back into jail. He was released from custody sometime in the afternoon or in the evening. And then you can see that we've petitioned the Ninth Circuit, they said. Uh, they've gone and was taken back into custody by the FBI. Again, for a 2018 conspiracy to violate the riot uh, the Anti-Riot Act, and they supposedly were involved in fighting with, quote-unquote, counter-protesters. That's what you're seeing on the screen there. Those people that are throwing punches, those are counter-protesters. You probably knew that by looking at them. Uh, counter-protesters are also just protesters. They just get called counter-protesters because they're the favorable piece for the media. Uh, you have any experience with that group specifically, or is that just me and Garrett on this one, uh, Mr. Steve? Nope, no experience with that group. So you guys will be the subject matter experts. All right, stand, stand by. We're going to get Garrett. Garrett, I know you work CT. I know you've heard of some of the different so-called white supremacist group. These guys actually kind of claim to be in that category. Have you ever worked yeah. anything specifically on RAM? Um, I didn't have any RAM-specific cases. I don't remember why. I was in a, I was in a bit of a RAM um, wormhole. I don't know, maybe like local PD or I don't, I don't remember the details, but I was like looking into what I could find out about them. And they have like an international footprint and 
I mean, they, they, I would assume they're probably still growing. Um, but this story is, is wild. This guy gets released and then dude, it's, it's kind of mind blowing to me that he gets released. He's like, all right, awesome. It, you know, things went in my favor. The, the judicial system worked how it was supposed to until the ninth the circuit. Day. Dun, dun, dun. Let yeah. me throw this. Let me throw this at both of you guys. Cause I had my first deployment for a surveillance trip was to Alaska to watch a member of the Rise Against Movement. So I got a full case brief on what the Los Angeles field office was working on these individuals. And I don't remember if it was that guy specifically or another one. But here's the basic story. They hit the button. We need surveillance. There's no surveillance team that can handle this super dangerous armed white supremacist that's going to meet with other white supremacists up in Anchorage, Alaska. And in 2018 in June, me and my team flew out there. Um, I had a terrible experience. I never will eat caribou again. Every time that I tried even a bite of things with caribou, caribou sausage, caribou burger. Um, I was on the toilet for 12 hours after that. My body does not like caribou, apparently. However, or maybe just the way they prep it there could have been a bad time of year. Long and short, we got briefed on this thing. We sit in the field office in Anchorage and the, and the Anchorage case agents that were sort of like assigned to help out the Los Angeles field office, to their credit, also thought this was total bullshit. They sat there and briefed this and essentially the Rise Against movement is a racist prepper group and they are not interested, and they they may call themselves a combat-ready militia group, but the fact of the matter is, is that they're not interested in instigating anything. They just think that based on the way that the world is going, there's going to be a race war, and they want their offspring to be involved and ready. And they sort of advocate against masturbation. They think that men should take their wives and respect them and be ready to defend them physically. So they train in MMA, combat arms, um, survival type things. They go on long camping trips and so on. And this guy who was supposedly going to go do this white supremacist meetup with other dangerous white supremacists up in Alaska and do white supremacist things. What he did was hang out at his house. It was his parents' house for like a couple of days. And we followed him and watched him and it was beautiful. And then at some point in time, I noticed we had some counter surveillance on us which was two bald eagles sitting in a tree looking at us going, hey, are you really just infringing on... I didn't know enough about the surveillance unit at the time to know how bullshit this was. And we watched him for a couple of days. Then finally, they, he uh, loads up all the stuff. We see them. They're throwing backpacks in the back of this truck, throws them in the back of the truck, and then he goes and he drives. We followed him for like three and a half hours into the interior of Alaska, all the way up through the Seward Junction, or whatever it's called. We end up up there, and uh, he pulls up to a dock with his father and sister, maybe, something like that throws the backpacks into like one of those duck planes, those amphibious planes, and then flies off as our surveillance just sits there and goes, well, we don't have a plane. So this dude is going to go on a backpacking trip into the bush and he flew away from us, which is borderline hilarious. I referred to that as a fishing expedition because as they were briefing that entire case, we were all going like, what's the case? Um, and then I guess he either went fishing or went camping. The last thing was the most funny part of it there was one sort of left-wing agent out there in Anchorage who saw that I had a cup. It was a Patriot cooler, of all things, and it had the sticker from my buddy's special tactics unit, which is the picture of a red Viking skull. He's got like a red beard, and he's a Viking, and he has a sword going through. I don't know. It's like real aggressive looking. Uh, but it's a Viking, and it kind of has like warlike looking things. And the guy looked over at it, decided that Vikings equals white supremacy, and said, should you even be on the team getting briefed on this case? And I was like, mm, I just shrugged. I'm like, I don't freaking know anyway that's the rise against movement and that was part of this case it was they were trying so hard to gin something up meanwhile they finally got him on this conspiracy this the conspiracy to involve you know riot fighting counter protesters and as we know fbi doesn't care about antifa not even a little bit all right you're up what do you think there steve <laughs> i had a similar experience out of anchorage actually same thing there was a guy who was up there who uh, they had a case on white supremacist. He's a neo-Nazi. He's involved in some group that studied um, like 
I don't know, old Norse mythology. And they connected that with white supremacy. And then he had um, just moved to Florida, moved in with his dad, like in the villages. And there, and uh, Anchorage was trying to like transfer this case over to me to have open on him. And I was the same thing. I was like, what did he do? Like, it's not illegal to worship, I don't know, the Norse Norse hammer. Like it's, it's not, that's not illegal. Well, you know, he could have been going over to Ukraine. Like that, that is that illegal? I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah. Here. And they would go overseas were, by the way. And they would get involved in like MMA competitions in Russia and Ukraine and other places. Like these guys would go and like, they'd go beat the crap out of each other. And it's like, you're allowed to do that. I don't know. Like, welcome to America. I drove out. It was like a, like a two hour drive. And they're like, you have to contact him. You have to interview him. And I felt gross doing it. And I just went out and I was like, fine. Hey man, you know, how you doing? And he was like, yeah, I just, you know, I had a girlfriend over in Ukraine and, you know, was, was with her. And then, you know, I came back and I'm just trying to get up on my feet and staying with my dad. And I was like, Hey, good luck to you, brother. Adios. Uh, and told, told Anchorage case closed. I'm not inv- investing any time in something that's not a criminal matter. There's no threat at all, but you just have questions about, because he's kind of weird to you. Or he has, he has, he has, um, what did they, they call it the other day? Odious ideas. You can have odious ideas. You can actually be an asshole in this country. It's totally protected by the First Amendment. And and this is a good example of it. I want to show you what I think is supposed to happen when you have white supremacists, neo-Nazis, complete lunatics. These guys are not feds for all of you guys that are about to say this. In fact, that's what they're chanting. They're, they're, they're chanting the F word and they're chanting the word fed, which is really funny. I'm going to show you guys this, this move from, uh, this is Blood Tribe walking around in Tennessee, getting ridiculed. The reason why we let people do stupid things in public like that, why we actually protect it, the p- position is, is that they can be ridiculed. You expose them for what they are, absurd and ridiculous, and then you mock them and you ex- you disinfect with sunlight. Here's a little take. I'm, I'm, you won't be able to uh, hear it, Garrett, but I mean, you'll hear it. You won't see it. But let's let's do this little blood tribe. They have a, a ridiculous uniform, too. These guys look ridiculous. And they are treated exactly how you want. That's why we have the First Amendment. Here we go. What are you ashamed of? Is that the best you got? Best you got? Best you got? Show me your fucking faces. Where's your face? You don't here. Where's your face? Show me your face. I don't even know who you are. This is my face. Let's fucking go. You don't know my people. You don't know my people. You don't know my people. We don't need all day of that, but he's yelling, he's your people poop in the street. That's his, that's his big take. And this guy's just laughing at him. This is how you deal with fools. This is how this country is supposed to do. Put your crappy ideas on the march. If people rally to your cause, then maybe you have something there. But Americans don't care about Nazis. They don't like it. So let them walk and just laugh at them. I don't know. I, I love everything about this. And I love that he's like, he's, he's an immigrant. You could tell he's like from Australia. And he's just giggling at these clowns. Where's your face? You know, <laughs> it's just good. Anyway, uh, let me give Garrett the first crack at this one. Garrett, you heard it. You don't know my people. I love that. <laughs> you don't. But it, <laughs> exactly. This is why the First Amendment is so great. It's, it's because it is supposed to allow the better idea to prevail. Go ahead and have your stupid idea, you idiots, marching in the street, talking about people pooping in the streets. Like, okay, so we should be racist fools because right. people carry poop a Nazi in the flag? street? 
<laughs> yeah, like you're a moron. You can't defend your ideas well, so you get with your your band of other idiots and you march in the street and you cover your faces, like just like the Antifa people that you hate, and you're stupid. And this Australian guy or whatever he is, his ideas are better. Just calling you out. And yeah, I, I think I saw that video on um, on YouTube and not on YouTube on Twitter and. It's great. It's like, yeah, th- this this immigrant, or maybe he's visiting, I don't know, he's exercising his First Amendment. He's not going and punching these guys in the face, even though we probably should. I'm not advocating for violence, though. But um, It's an odious like, ideology, and it, it holds up about yes. as well as you'd expect. It, not at all. Yeah. Steve. Right. And so this guy's like, you know what? I'm going to record these fools, that's right. and I'm going to dec- decry them and, and belittle them, because that's what serves them right. Steve, I, th- I think we need to take a moment to realize that these guys got around and, and organized and said, hey, we're really unhappy with the people pooping in the street. In what India. We do? In India. Well, let's here's what we should do. We should um, buy some Nazi paraphernalia, mm-hmm. cover our faces and march down the streets. And therefore, people in India will stop pooping in the street. We will show the courage and, of our conviction by wearing a mask as well. I like that. And and that will galvanize a movement. That's the level of intelligence and actual critical thought that goes into the people that are marching through there. And if it offends you, what they're saying, you know what you can do? Um, just change the channel. <laughs> you go, do anything else because it doesn't affect you at all. Yeah, you literally um, can walk but, away from these guys. They can't like they can't march faster. Who cares? You just uh, you just move on. You just go. So be it. Thanks so much for your for your attempt. We don't really care. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, his your people poop in the street thing doesn't seem to resonate. That guy seems like he probably poops in the in the potty, like my uh, like my two year old is working on. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that was the that wasn't the insult that he thought it was when it first came out. And the other guy jumped onto it because he was also an unoriginal thinker. I love it. Like I said, expose bad ideas to sunlight. Allow the people to vote with their feet. You didn't see anybody out there going. You know what? That guy's got a hell of a point. Let's jump in this march and join it. Like it didn't. They didn't that march didn't start with like less people and gain movement. It might have actually lost like so-called Nazis as they disappeared. Went like we're not actually doing a really great job here. No, no conversions this is are happening today. This is cringe. I'm gonna go like I don't know. Hold a girl's hand and make babies. <laughs> as 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 was actually told to me by a legit Nazi, which Steve remembers. I actually followed a guy around who was a so-called white supremacist in uh, in one of the Carolinas. Yeah, that was his answer. His answer was, "Hey, do you want to go kill black cops?" And he was like, "No, I'm gonna go find a girlfriend, hold hold her hand, and maybe make some babies, and maybe <laughs> maybe get a job. That seems more important than what's going on here." Let me. Uh, okay, we're speaking about. Um, the, the cop thing just kicked in. I've got two. We don't want to just be one-sided on this show. That's not how we operate. Let me do a thanks to my buddies over at Four Patriots because things are getting wild. They could even get wild from your police department. And we even, even though we back the blue here, man, we got to call out the blue when they do some dumb things. So I got a couple of videos of that. Let me first say thanks to uh, Four Patriots. Guys, go to fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Okay, here's the deal. This is what we sort of worked out. And, uh, and one of y'all pointed out to me that the, the promo code Kyle doesn't necessarily affect every single item. That's that's the way it's supposed to be, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. 
I just, they, they told me use it as a promo code, so we did. It doesn't affect everything. If you go to 4Patriots, the number 4Patriots.com slash Kyle, that will be the website deals that they have worked out for the Kyle Seraphin Show listeners. Those change every week or so. That's where you'll get uh, the special promo pricing. If you go to pick something else off the website, you'll get the normal pricing on there and whatever deal that they're running, but it doesn't work as a promo code. So you can't use promo code Kyle's checkout. You have to just go to 4Patriots.com slash Kyle, and that's how they know that uh, we sent you there. That redirects, and you can buy anything on the website should you be choosing. And they have food, they have calories, they have comms, they have electrical continuity there where you can go and get some power sources. Figure out how to prepare before you have to repair. Nobody wants to get caught in the dark and nobody wants to get caught hungry when the blood tribe is uh, shutting down your uh, your your neighborhood and the Nazis are marching in the streets. You might want to have something because uh, it's just not that much fun to go out and try to get past the crowd of Nazis and haters. It's a weird time right now, folks. We're going to see a lot more of this strange stuff spilling out into the streets. You should prepare yourself with some calories so at least you have a buffer zone. If things get crazy in your area, you never know when they might, and they certainly could happen to you. Okay, so Garrett and Steve, I got two videos. We're going to first pick on women who are cops that do mag dumps, and then we'll pick on men that are cops that do mag dumps. Look, everybody is not perfect. We need to have good and well-supported police officers, and you're going to love this. Today on Dinesh D'Souza's show, I'm going to be hosting, and I'm going to bring on a guy named Peter Johnson, who's a really, really cool guy. He's a former cop. He's a former federal air marshal. He does training for law enforcement left and right. And we're really facing a crisis of faith in our law enforcement. And law enforcement is facing, facing kind of a crisis in their own courage of conviction because they are not being supported by the public. Uh, these videos are not going to help, but there is kind of a bigger story here. So let's, let's at least watch this first video. This is Lady... Uh, shoot stranger for no particular reason. It's loud and scary. So if you guys have not seen this video, you're going to want to come in uh, and watch it on the Rumble channel. Let's go. Holy crap, Steve friend. What is going on there? You sent me that video. What are these ladies dumping into? Um, I think they, they believe there might be an intruder in the house and um, they must have saw something and decided to dump three magazines each into an uh, area where they, I don't know, didn't see a threat or couldn't identify what they were shooting at. And, yeah, that was a uh, friend. It was a, it was a resident. That yeah, was a there. resident of the, of the apartment that she was shooting at. That was not one mag dump. That was like five mag dumps. That was insane. And the I, I look, I'll give her props. She went on the radio, super calm, shots fired, and then comes back up and drops a hold on their mag. <laughs> Just kept dropping it into the glass, into a door, in the dark, no light, can't see shit. Uh, just terrified. Garrett, Garrett, any thoughts about ladies dropping multiple mags into a, a closed yeah. door well? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this video and I was, my mouth was agape. I was like, what? How? And so I looked into it a little bit more. That resident lived somehow. But this is that a says something else example. too. Doesn't that say something terrible yes, about the shooting does. involved? Yes, by the it, way, you could see she could barely yes. hold on to that pistol. It's jumping all yes. over the place. 
That guy probably yep. stood. Yep. God was just sitting there flicking bullets away from him like the Matrix because those went uh-huh. all around him and hit everything <laughs> except the guy that they were shooting at. Right. And this is, uh, I think, based on my experience, this is the primary example of the wrong people in the job. And I, I don't care if it's a woman or a man. We had Acorn guy. It's coming up week. next. Don't give it away. But yes, okay, it's great. coming up all next. Right. And, and this, so I don't care the gender thing. Um, do I think that plays a role? I do. I yeah. do. But does this right here, this video is a primary example of two people who should not be in that job. Like no doubt about it because they, ju- what did they just do? They just went against everything you're trained on. For identify the force situation. Yeah, Identify your target and then, you know, use appropriate force until the threat is stopped. Not, dump your mag into a door well in the darkness and then reload and then do it again and then shoot into the glass in the window and try to take out the potted plant. Like, they were doing some really aggressive gardening. You got to give them that. But man, what on <laughs> earth would make you stand there and and like her... She even solves like a malfunction because of her limp wristing. Like, those guns don't mm-hmm. jam for whatever it's worth. So there was a malfunction solved there. There was like a uh, either a double field or a failure to extract and she manages to go and clear that and just keep going. She's just like, I'm going to do this. Um, she said, tap rack ready and... I mean, she tap rack bang, man. Tap rack bang is different than tap rack ready. She tap racked and then continued to just engage nothing. (laughs) Did what was if if say they were in the right? Let's say there was an intruder in the house. Yes, is that a deadly force situation? No, you got to prove it. Still, this is okay. So here's the thing. I made I I got into the chat the other day. Sometimes I attack our chat a little bit, or I come in like kind of hot because I'm feeling aggressive. I made an argument that I said when you buy. When you buy night sights on any of your handguns, you are now buying something that I would call a house bet. You are throwing good money after a non-problem because night sights are a foolish idea. What they say is is that you're going to be shooting in a dark scenario where you're actually going to be able to pick up tritium, this glowing um, radioactive little orb. You're going to be able to pick that up and it takes a certain amount of darkness and very, very low light. You're going to shoot a handgun at a target where you can't see what the target is. And that's why you're able to pick up the night sights that goes against everything that anybody's ever been trained on, whether civilian or law enforcement, you cannot shoot at targets. You can't identify positively. So if you're walking around and shooting stuff in the dark, you've thrown $70 at something that's going to catch a really ugly lawsuit like these ladies. Maybe you can't shoot in the dark. You need to ID it. So you should always carry a flashlight, spend the same 70 bucks and get a flashlight. Good to go. That was my argument. I think this one, was the proof of that concept. They're shooting at something they can't identify. It's a major liability, but I, I promised that I would be fair. We're going to be fair. Acorns can also trigger complete insanity. This guy allegedly was a special forces veteran, an army officer, or whatever it's worth. He apparently didn't see combat, and uh, Garrett can test as well. A lot of officers are not exactly representative of the career fields that they're in. I don't have any beef with somebody being an SF officer. However, they don't necessarily go and engage the way that like my buddy Chafin used to, which is like when he would be like, yeah, whenever I was killing people in Africa, what I would do is I would do this. And he would say it like with a real calm voice and scare the shit out of the other FBI agents that I worked with. So that's fun. He's actually over again. Um, Acorn versus officer. Here we go. Like I said, fair play. Good turnabout. One, two, Acorn. Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! You know. I'm hit! I'm hit! What? I'm hit! 
I'm good. I feel weird, but I'm good. <laughs> That's probably the best answer. You feel weird because you just dumped a mag into a car with a subject that yeah. you searched and apparently had no faith in your search of him. And then you claimed you were hit, even though you weren't hit. Look, that guy's got some serious mental trauma he's overcoming, and that is not about what happened. Like, I feel terrible for that man, but holy shit, what a scary thing to do. So for those of you who are listening and, and didn't see, the man heard an acorn, which we couldn't even hear on the camera. It dropped on the, the, the hood or the or the roof of his, uh, his SUV, his patrol vehicle. Then he dropped to the ground while running away three times, screaming, shots fired, shots fired, which nobody heard the shots, obviously. Then he got into a position that made no sense whatsoever at the rear of his own vehicle and fired into it where he had an unarmed subject in handcuffs in the back seat miraculously missing the guy and then another officer who heard him also engaged the vehicle that also had not had any shots coming out of it and then he claimed he was hit then he wasn't hit and i think he's resigned since then i maybe like good for him honestly knowing that that is not the job for you and another moment of god doing the matrix routine of flicking away bullets from someone who didn't deserve to die for that uh and then you also there's other videos from other angles where the um where the neighbors are losing their mind all right uh, who wants to respond first I, I'll take this one first. This, this is insane. Okay. Like, this is cold black, full force, cold black. Okay. One, if you're an SF veteran, whether you deployed or not, you should know what gunshots sound like when you're in close proximity to them. It doesn't sound like something hitting the roof of your vehicle. It doesn't sound like that. And most people would know that even if they weren't a military veteran and had shot a couple thousand rounds at least. I mean, there's thousands of rounds of basic training alone. But Garrett, then let me let me add one stomach, thing though. You can't spell lost without the letters LT. Would you agree? Carry on. This is true. I would I would agree 100 mm -hmm. with that. This this is a fact. Mm -hmm. And so the stumbling and the falling and the screaming of shots fired. Like at least in the first video, they were shooting at a person. I mean, there's still a lot of issues there. But this guy is shooting at a, a vapor a mist and he's falling down screaming a little bit later uh, in one of the other um, angles or it's like a different officer who arrives who shows up. He's like, am I hit bro? He like asks cause he doesn't know cause he's completely cold black. black. Code and black. then, yep. and then the, the other officer, this is another problem with this. I, you're shooting and you're clearly like agitated and freaking out and stumbling and then i i run up and i'm like what's going on they're like shots fired and then i just dump my mag too into into the car no 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 you still have to make a your own pid positive identification of, of the threat before you start squeezing off rounds like like what the heck is going on it's insane it's incredible it's also really impressive uh people will know the acorn actually survived so did the subject uh but the officer was then required to clean the back of the squad car because there was poop on the seat i'm sure after getting shot at in handcuffs uh steve your take go ahead <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it, maybe he was shooting a suppressed A chord. That's why we didn't pick it up on. <laughs> come on, uh, come on, on you're killing me. <laughs> but he did like the John Woo roll, like three over, laid down on a side, dumped a mag, and then was like in this this posture of like he just puts his pistol on the ground. Like if you're actively engaged in a gunfight, like you're just gonna stare at your pistol on the on the ground with a magazine sitting at its side, it's empty. Never seen like, that I don't before. Even know what that was about, and. You know, then there's this mindset when, when it comes to the other officer coming in, you know, everybody wants to get their, you know, their three days off and a medal of valor. Right. So they're just going to come in hot and trust that you, know, you somebody here identified a gun and I'm just going to go ahead and get mine. And did you know, identify, I, did you again, identify the threat? Uh, no, but I heard gun, gun, gun and shots fired. So I wanted to get some, what I thought in my head was get some at high volume. And then I drew my weapon and also engaged the unarmed acorn and vehicle at the same time. A uh, lot, lot of sadness. Yeah, this is another. Shoot, go ahead. Sorry, can I, I add one more thing? This is you guys know this type, and I, I'm assuming. I'm, I mean, it's it's kind of based on the video, but I'm a, a little bit of assumption here. This is that type of person who didn't go see combat. Who, like, I, I met a lot of cops this way. Oh, I, I would, I was gonna join. I always wanted to join. I didn't, and so they think policing is gonna be that, and it's like. They have this weird, like, I don't know, like they think they missed out. So now they got to go get in, in an OIS so they can, I don't know, live up to what they thought they wanted or something. It's bizarre. It's sad. Honestly, I, I feel I feel a lot of pity for that guy also, because th that's not fake fear that he was hearing. That was chaos. That yeah, was, was as you legit. said, code yeah. black. For those who don't know, that's the that's the colors of awareness. That's Jeff Cooper's sort of color scheme. Code black is when you are basically vapor locked on. Un, you are overwhelmed by your circumstances and you're unable to basically process new information and make a good decision. We actually had a gal in my academy class that went code black on a couch um, because every single training scenario for her was the most scary thing she'd ever done. Even though she was a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps, that part I couldn't jive with. She was also four foot eleven. She's like a little bit shorter than my wife and had no business carrying a firearm and dealing any you know kind of physical altercations with her when we did training was like fighting a toddler really really embarrassing but uh at one point she goes into a room and she's clearing a couch she's covering the danger zone that is the couch i guess because there's a space behind it one of my buddies does a you know engages with a subject who's in another room these are all simunition rounds so this is in a shoot house for folks kind of picturing it imagine somebody behind you in two rooms away down a hallway gets into a shooting because somebody jumps out of a closet with a baseball bat and comes rushing at him and so he da, 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 he does a couple of shots and so she shoots the couch sympathetic response and then stands there and locks on the couch and classic because of weak shooting and then also because of the um the sim rounds she actually gets a stovepipe she gets a like a double feed or a failure to feed on her on her sim gun so her gun is out of battery so she's covering down with a dead weapon and the instructors come up and they're like hey did you shoot the couch and she's like no so that should be a lack of candor by the way she survived this uh experience was able to continue on through the academy she was finally removed in the last couple weeks so anyway fired into the uh fired into the couch standing there with a dead gun and they go how come your gun's out of battery and she's like what's out of battery mean no business carrying a firearm um thankfully this cop resigned i don't know about those two lady cops but uh they probably shouldn't be there we're, we're coming towards the end of this thing here i'll give you guys a final parting shot and then we're going to show some video of what happens when steve friend tries to be a landscaping guy in his own house florida has a lot of interesting landscaping but when it's cold out Steve actually falls to the ground and is unable to be functional. So we've got some footage of that. That's kind of amusing for you. That's the palate cleanser for you. Steve, what do you got? Final thoughts on these uh, bad shoots. Oh, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to the iguana out of a tree video. Iguana. That's coming. Um, 
Yeah, I, I look. Not everybody is is cut out for law enforcement. It's um, I, I don't think that people go into it trying to hide that. I think you a lot of it gets exposed when you're actually thrust into it, and you know, and good on the people who realize it's not for them. It, it's just very fortunate that you know the other people weren't hurt as a result of it. And, and there there should be a better way we can sort of ramp it up during training so you can see like the the gal you were just describing that she went code black during training. That needs to be done in spades so we can fil sort of filter those folks out and then we'll have these uh, catastrophic failures not happening actually on the public. Makes sense to me. Garrett, any final thoughts? Then we'll say goodbye to you since you're not going to be able to see Steve uh, falling out of the tree. But. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think um, it also shows just the, the, the decline in hiring standards. I, I hear it from people I used to work with in Waukesha that they, it's really difficult for them to even get fully manned where just in 2014, when I got hired, they would have 150 applicants for one spot. Yep. And now they're like, yeah, we might get 15 and like, we have to hire like three. And then like two of those guys get, get flushed in, in training because they just aren't cut out for it. But a lot of the time, I mean, you have to keep some because you have to have people filling these positions. So I think that's part of it as well. And then, um, I don't know. I think people also just need to do a better job of self-reflecting before they think I want to go be a police officer or an FBI agent or, or whatever. But, uh, that's all I got other than this. Steve Baker texted me just now. He said, tell Kyle and Steve, I send my suspendable greetings. Uh, from the press pit at CPAC. So I'm looking forward to meeting him in person today. Outstanding. Well, give, uh, give Steve Baker our best. And uh, thanks for joining me for the morning on the phone. We have a nice graphic of you smiling. I know you'll be in a suit and you'll be looking good. You'll represent us well at CPAC. And uh, thanks for joining me for the for the 250th, Garrett. Love you, buddy. Um, just be safe out there. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Yeah, sounds good. Love you guys. See ya. All right, see you, man. So we're going to drop Garrett. We're going to go to this little video of Steve Friend doing some yard work. Look, when it gets cold and you're doing tree trimming, not everybody is going to be the guy up in the uh, cherry picker. So, Steve, just take a deep breath. This is visual only. We'll describe it in a second here. But for those of you that are joining on our Rumble stream, you will enjoy a few moments of some silly, difficult, cold weather. It's like 60 degrees when these guys are doing this yard work. So here we go. Don't sweat the technique. What is he doing there, man? I don't, he's acting like a Roomba on the floor, man. What is he? He's just, just women around the yard. Guys, what you missed was a tree trimming of like a palm tree in a really nice looking tropical area. But one guy couldn't get on his feet. He's just wriggling around like a snake. And he's got a yellow helmet on, which is or orange helmet, which is helpful because, you know, protect your head. But yeah, I felt like he just was struggling. And I felt like that looked like what would happen if it got too cold for you to get up. You got to shiver around till you get that warmth going, Steve. Um, are you training your boys to do this move, too, or what? Did they get that same gene? <laughs> Man, look, I'll be happy if they're if they're out there just mowing the grass at some point, you know, like they. <laughs> uh, I, don't know why, I don't know why that look, made me laugh so much when I watched that. I was like, what is this guy about? Like, you're like, oh, OK, tree trimming is cool. Like people doing work. I don't mind watching that time lapse video. That's all fun. And then you're like, there's a dude who's just swimming around on the grass. He can't get up. Maybe. maybe and, that's I mean, his... they, they dumped yeah. palm leaves on him at one point. And he I just mean, kept going. he looks like he's part of the crew. So for me, 
that's just fun. I don't know what else to do with that. Tell people where they can follow you, what you got coming up. I know you got a little bit of an announcement, so we got our biggest part of the audience here. Let me throw you on the screen, full screen. You go for it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, apologies. Yesterday, uh, I sound better today than I did yesterday. So we had no AMRAD yesterday. We bumped Trevor Arison to next week for the AMRAD podcast. We're uh, going to be on tomorrow doing our book study, Animal Farm, part two, chapters three and four. And uh, we're looking forward to that for uh, for the audience that was well received for part one. And then uh, big announcement next week, starting on Monday, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m., the Real Steve Friend Show launches on Patriot TV, patriot.tv. You'll have me there for a half hour every day, Monday through Friday, having my own TV show. So uh, if you have the chance, you can uh, hop over there and, uh, and, and, and join the, the conversation and, uh, and really support the show. All right, buddy. Um, folks, they can follow at Real Steve Friend on all the social medias that matter. And then also on True Social, they can put the at Real Steve Friend, but if there's an underscore between Real and Steve, just to make things complicated for you. Thanks for joining me for the 250th, my buddy. And uh, I hope you uh, continue to heal up so you have a, a, an awesome Monday coming in with full health. What do you think? Odds? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I put it like 70, 30, as long as I just don't run out of uh, amoxicillin. I'll have to go maybe get a contingency pack. Between contingency now and medical. Then. There it is. Promo code Kyle. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, thanks so much. Love you too. I really do appreciate hey. your friendship and I appreciate you joining me here. And I hope that uh, you continue to heal up over this weekend. Have a good one. All right, you too, man. Have a good weekend. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for the day. Let's do Who Else We Love. We got a uh, five-star review coming in from Small Time Dude. What a good name for that one. You guys got a couple of these that are really good. Some are unpronounceable, and then some are fun. Like Small Time Dude says, Finally, someone speaking the truth fearlessly. Just learned of you, Kyle, through Julie Kelly. Thanks, Julie Kelly. I appreciate that. Great info from a seasoned FBI source. High-speed <laughs> voice rate. Being elderly, 85, and a practicing jazz musician, like our buddy Steve Baker, he said, uh, I'm adjusting. Being a Julie Kelly advocate, you've just become my daily addition. We need you. Thanks. Small time, dude. Really appreciate that. That is a fantastic review, and I'm really appreciative that you left it. I hope you guys will all consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can do one on Spotify. I've been approving your comments on Spotify as well, and we're very appreciative of you guys leaving those. We're slowly tracking our way towards 1,000 five-star reviews. We have a great rated show on Apple and you guys are the ones who are making it so. So thanks so much for all of your dedication to leaving them. You can leave another one. If there's an episode that touches your fancy, you leave one, you can always come back and leave another one and we'll read them as they come in. We continue to have a couple more in front of them. Thanks so much for being that. Thanks for being a part of the Kyle Serafin Show, ladies and gentlemen. And God bless you. I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. I hope that you don't have to do any yard work or wriggle around like a snake on the grass. We will see you again on Monday. So be safe. And God bless. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.